0: This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. During the first wave of coronavirus last year, rural areas became a safe haven for many people. We all saw the migrants walking back to their villages for safety and survival. But this time, rural India is badly hit by the virus and the stigma still prevails. The second wave of the COVID pandemic raging across India has hit rural India, putting a greater burden on healthcare infrastructure, which has already been stretched to the hilt. Migrant labor once again have started returning from big city centers to their villages, a sure indication of loss of jobs. The deadly COVID-19 virus has made its way into the rural heartland. The pandemic is no more primarily an urban story like it was in 2020. COVID cases may be declining in the cities, but district-level data reveals a surge in cases in small towns and rural areas. Around 65% of India lives in rural areas, where testing continues to be low and medical infrastructure leaves much to be desired. As people struggle with the pandemic, economic data is also raising concerns. The number of people registering for the jobs under the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Scheme has increased to 40 million in April from 36 million in March 2021. CMIE data reveals that rural unemployment rate has increased to 7.13 in April from 5.81% in January, with women being hit the most. Many analysts feel that India is staring at a protracted slowdown as the pandemic wreaks havoc in rural India. The rural demand last year was resilient and supported the country's economy. But where are we headed now? What is happening in our villages and why should we be concerned? From the Economic Times, I'm Rachita Prasad and you're listening to The Morning Brief. We have three guests with us today, who track the rural India from different lenses. Our first guest, Sunil Kumar Sinha, Principal Economist, India Ratings and Research. He has been closely tracking the rural economy and its impact on the country. Our second guest is K. Ramakrishnan, Managing Director at Kantar, which is a leading data insight and consulting company. Better known as Ramki, his team closely tracks consumption in rural India and predicts trends. And our third guest is Nilesh Mishra, founder of Gaon Connection. He and his team of journalists are on the ground chronicling rural India, telling stories of people behind the data. Welcome to the podcast, Sunil, Ramki and Nilesh. Let's start with Sunil. Sunil, the data on COVID cases, joblessness coming from villages is not very encouraging. I mean, COVID has spread widely and medical costs have gone up. One wonders how the people in villages are dealing with this. Is there a stress building up in rural economy? What is your sense right now?
1: Whether urban or rural India, uh, the stress is visible. And as you rightly said in the beginning, but again, uh, when one looks at uh, the whole issue of stress from the uh, economic uh, angle then certainly i can say that uh, situation are not going to be as bad as it was last year because last year firstly we didn't know uh, much about uh, the covid and related issues so we went into a complete lockdown for two months so no activity and thereafter also when uh, economy started opening up it took quite some time for economic activities to pick up and gather momentum and so on and so forth but this time when the second wave has hit us uh, at least uh, uh, you know although in terms of uh, you know the spread and uh, its impact on the life is much more uh, pronounced than it was in the first uh, wave but nevertheless in terms of economic activity uh, things do not look uh, as bad as it was uh, uh, in the first wave, uh, simply because the lockdowns are not uh, a kind of a complete lockdown and a countrywide lockdown. These are more regional in nature, local in nature. When I uh, sum it up in terms of uh, GDP growth, uh, then, of course, uh, the GDP is likely to be uh, somewhat lower than uh, you know our estimate which was there in the month of january and february uh, but it is unlikely uh, to be uh, as bad as it was last year because last year uh, the overall gdp growth was negative 8% and this year uh, you know our estimate in the month of january february was that uh, gdp will grow at about 10.4% but the due to the second wave we have revised it downwards to 10.1% as compared to last year, things are going to be very different in the rural areas. Or, uh, uh, However, uh, the way to look at it uh, is that uh, whether we want to look at uh, the rural economy from the production perspective or the consumption perspective. I mean, if I look at the whole issue from the production perspective, then we had another round of uh, bumper rubby crop um, and uh, overall agricultural production has been fairly robust. Uh, We will again have a a food grain production in excess of 300 million tons. So that is not a concern. But the concern is that uh, now that uh, COVID has reached the rural areas, the behavior and the impact uh, of COVID-19 in the rural areas this time around will be very similar to what we saw uh, in the urban areas in the uh, first round. So what we are uh, staring at is that despite a good production, it is unlikely that rural areas will repeat uh, the uh, level of consumption that we saw last year.
0: Rightly said, so we are talking about consumption. Ramki, you have been looking at the rural space very closely on that aspect. Uh, Sunil said that you know the spending in the rural areas could be impacted. How different has it been in the second wave in these areas... And uh, what does it look like going ahead?
2: Firstly, uh, if you look at the rural spending basket, a large part of it is towards, uh, towards food and the rest is towards other forms of consumption. So when you look at food or when you look at, let's say, the FMCG basket as a whole, rural growth rate has more or less matched the urban growth rate if you look at uh, a mat period of uh, till March. And if you look at by a quarter wise series of growth at an overall FMCG basis, it would appear that in quarter one, which is Jan, Feb, March itself, uh, the consumption in rural or the purchases in rural uh, drop down a bit. However, what needs to be remembered is when I say drop down, the the metric that we are measuring is what is purchased by a rural household. So we, we kind of collate and sum all the purchases made in rural households and look at that as rural purchases or consumption.
0: And when you're talking about MAT, you're talking about the moving annual total,
2: right? right? And also, the, when I so therefore, when we look at it, this figure is coming down compared to Q4. Q4 there was a growth rate of 6.6% over the same period the previous year, Q4 of 2020. And when we looked at the first quarter this year, it came down to 2.7%. But when you closer examine this, what it appears is that the largest component of this is definitely food. And within the largest component of food, wheat and atta may play a very major role. And there has been a substantial quantum of free wheat stroke ATA that has been given through the public distribution system by governments in, uh, in, across various parts of the country. As a result of which the purchases of ATA has dropped significantly. So therefore a very large component of the basket has dropped because it is available free. So if you start looking at this data now without wheat and uh, just because there has been some, some other input in the form of free giveaways, if you look at it that way, the drop is substantially lesser, in the sense, if I, if I look at like to like, Q4 of 20 was 8.8%, it dropped to 6.9%. So it's not, not substantial at all. That's point number one. Point number two, even last year, when uh, Sunil said earlier that uh, we were underprepared in many ways in terms of tackling COVID and the impact that it may have on rural economy, even last year, Uh, we only saw growths right through the year, which means Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 were growths in terms of their consumption because the previous years were poor in terms of the FMCG consumption overall. However, uh, the whole of last year, we have seen growths and we expect that growths to continue fundamentally because the fundamentals are right. One, The crop has been good, the harvest has been good, expectedly it will have a good monsoon. And the registrations in m and Riga are more, which means there is more money available also. So all of these factors point towards a better amount of spending and consumption from a rural perspective. There are parts of spending which may see drops. Like for example, auto, they expect to see a drop more from the point of view of supply side than demand side really because of the fact that factories are closed and they're not able to connect the stocks etc there is a drop and similarly durable but from a demand perspective we don't see anything substantially different or lower in rural so i would actually not be too worried about the negative overtones that are being heard extensively about rural india for this
0: year that's interesting perspective i want nilesh to come in here nilesh uh, from what I understand, you have spent a substantial uh, part of your time in the last one year in your village. And uh, your entire team is actually uh, on the ground covering developments in villages. What are the key trends emerging? I mean, what is the story looking like on the ground?
3: Firstly, uh, we also have Gaon Connection, which is uh, India's biggest Rural Insights platform. And we did the first national survey last year around July And uh, very quickly, I want to read as context uh, some bullet points from there, uh, because while I'm a person who uh, looks more at faces than uh, numbers, but uh, some numbers to look at, more than 68% rural Indians faced high to very high monetary difficulty during the lockdown. Uh, 23% rural Indians borrowed money during that uh, phase. 8% sold a valuable possession, either a phone or a watch, 7% 7% mortgage jewellery, 5% sold or mortgage land. Skilled workers and manual uh, or unskilled workers work shut down completely, etc. Now, while we are not in those uh, uh, conditions uh, this year, and, and I, I believe we are having to pay a huge human cost um, because we are not following those measures, a lot of the weight that came on the uh, MNREGA, the, the Manrega scheme, Uh, Last year, it completely, you know, for for the large part of the year, it it failed a lot of uh, rural people. Only 20% respondents told us that they got work under it, presumably because a large part of the district machinery was busy in uh, tackling COVID. What this backdrop led us to is that we inherited this year a large number of people in debt, uh, people without uh, clear uh, livelihood uh, roadmaps. And in that scenario, uh, what we are seeing on the ground, uh, we are present in 425 districts of the country. We saw that last time, even though it was a very delayed uh, reaction, but uh, the Gram Panchayat's uh, village head persons were far more active than they are uh, this year. The larger picture for us is that uh, this is in an epidemic proportion uh, growth this year in, in terms of the uh, symptoms uh, in the number of uh, suspected cases and I'm using the word sus- suspected because there's uh, virtually no testing happening um, in the at, the at the rural level but um, UP's official data for example is that at least 50% COVID cases out of those measured are from rural areas and this is Uh, in no way a correct uh, representation um, because of the measurement issues. In the last week, some states have sort of uh, woken up and uh, like UP is doing a five-day house-to-house survey covering all of its 97,000 revenue villages. MP is doing something like that. But along with uh, that, there is huge vaccine hesitancy. And B, there are a lot of um, rumors, um, false information, Uh, about uh, what will happen uh, if they go to get the vaccine and secondly about if they report themselves as having symptoms what happens next will they be you know locked away in some uh, room of a hospital and and never get to see their people again will the police come and take them away will their own village people ostracize them i see a, a lack of intent and a lack of uh, punitive action this time, perhaps because of the realization, because of the narrative that punitive action will lead to a loss in votes, will lead to a loss in livelihood. Of course, it has uh, uh, you know a, a drastic effect. But then the solution to that that could have been to um, further re-entrench and reaffirm our PDS uh, uh, chain. And 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 last year we also our, our same survey showed that. Those people with rations did get something. In many places, it was inadequate. Of course, those without uh, rations, uh, we had a figure of about 10 to 12% of those who we really? interviewed uh, did not get anything or adequate help. But so I, I don't see that intent uh, this time. And to me, I mean, uh, you know, uh, state governments are saying that, hey, the Court told us to do the panchayat elections. That that uh, that doesn't do it for me. A, of course, uh, courts, the election commission, etc. should have stepped in. But at the ground level, I don't see what we saw last time. And now, now that the ferocity, the scale is kicking in with a massive human cost, uh, we see some amount of strictness um, on this. And I hope it works. Again, um, also the availability, uh, the people have had the first, a vaccine, whatever number of people have had. Second availability, they don't know when that will happen. So even where people are willing or or the nearest center f- to get tested could be 30 kilometers away or 50 kilometers away. Or. So there are very different set of problems uh, and realities in rural India, which I think are not being um, taken into account. And just the last point, I think, uh, any public health crisis, and if, if you look back, is often rooted in a very, very poor communication uh, strategy. At the rural level, if uh, people are not able to understand and if we have not innovated well enough, we can't keep blaming people all the time. So I think it, there's a very large communication issue here also, which is feeding into the vaccine hesitancy, the rumors all the false propaganda that's being done similar to what we had during the polio cycle when then, you know, everybody pitched in and, and I hope that uh, that sort of an effort uh, percolates to the ground, to the rural level.
0: Sunil, just to bring you here with this in the background, with the fact that it's been a challenging year anyway, with prolonged farmers protest and, you know, uh, COVID uh, being uh, the second wave being uh, so merciless and The elections and there have been all these uh, blips in uh, what is happening on the ground. You know, now the monsoon season is coming up. We do understand that what happens in the rural area will have uh, an impact on the national economy. How are these factors going to impact the upcoming Kharif season? Uh, because, I mean, I don't want to cut off from the human story, but uh, it uh, the fact is that these human beings uh, are the ones who would be actually on the ground uh, sowing. And if that is not uh, taking place uh, properly, then would there be concerns about food inflation going ahead?
1: I guess the uh, rural story will have uh, some twists and turns this year uh, for the simple reason that, uh, we all know that last year we witnessed a very stringent lockdown reverse migration etc cetera, etc cetera. as a result of that uh, last year when the Ravi crop was to be harvested there was shortage of labor and when the new kharif uh, season began uh, again there was a shortage of labor uh, but to some extent uh, you know uh, with the lockdown getting lifted from june onwards you know many of the farmers uh, i know in punjab uh, in fact did their level best and actually fetched the uh, laborers from uh, wherever uh, they were by, you know, arranging buses or arranging alternate transport and so on and so forth. So all of that happened. Now, all of that became possible simply because this cohort, to a large extent, was not impacted by the COVID. Uh, So even though the fear of COVID was there, but at least because they themselves were not impacted and they could actually uh, uh, go back and uh, do their economic activity. This time, uh, the problem would be that uh, a large part or large section of them will themselves be infected with the COVID. So they may or may not be available. So while uh, monsoon is going to be normal, uh, we'll have to wait and watch as to how uh, the sowing season progresses.
0: Rightly so. And uh, talking about essentials and discretionary uh, uh, demand, Uh, Ramki, you are looking at uh, FMCGs very closely, but you also uh, do track trends on durable goods and auto. Uh, Help me understand, uh, what are the trends trends indicating right now? Uh, Sunil raised the question about uh, demand side. Uh, What are the biggest concerns companies are uh, uh, worried about right now in terms of these trends?
2: now if you look at rural consumption it has never been a straight line i mean like like somebody says it's been like the walk of a drunken man you know I mean, it's always been volatile the two years of very good growth and then it drops uh, either because of monsoon or crop or one of the reasons and comes back etc so we saw 17 and 18 being bad 19 slowly coming back and 20 in fact in the second half seeing some amount of growth I mean, there was a discussion about uh, borrowings going up and people having to sell stuff, etc. But unless there are two or three data points to say borrowing was lesser in the previous year or will be lesser in the current year, it's difficult to make a comment on exactly those. But that said, in the midst of all this, is there a consumption impact? Very clearly on essentials, there isn't any impact because essentials are essentials. They are just what they are. But discretionary, do we see a change in discretionary? Definitely, we do see a change in discretionary. If you look at personal care products, Personal care products, I'm not talking about fundamental hygiene products like toilet, soaps, etc. But if you look at a little more towards grooming and other personal care products also, there is a growth in rural. Certainly, the issues that are facing organizations or brands in terms of this consumption story right now, in my view, is not demand-led, but it is more supply-led. From the point of view of being able to connect at the right time, the right way, and the right pricing at which it it has to be delivered. So, in my mind, consumption is not a bad story even today. Definitely not for essentials and to some extent for discretionary as well, despite the fact that there is a raging pandemic. That's the sum and substance of what I'm trying to say.
0: We will definitely uh, keep an eye on that. Nilesh, uh, just to get you here, I mean, uh, uh, clearly from this discussion, we can see that there are some things that the statistics reveal and there are some things that the numbers cannot just capture. Just to kind of get a sense from you, tell us what are the biggest challenges people are facing from the anecdotal experience from Ground Zero?
3: I recently uh, went on Twitter and asked people um, to tell me what's happening in their villages, whether they're living in a village or their relatives or friends are and uh, you know i got um, hundreds and hundreds of responses from different parts of the country and 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 it, the picture they showed the panchayat chunav has acted like a carrier of the virus uh, another person called jay azad said mere mama ka pura parivar uh, pichle 10 12 din se har sadasya bukhar aur sar dard jaise lakshanon se grasit hai. mama kya masi bua ke yahan bhi gaon ka wahi hal na koi test na koi ilaj. अपने अपने अपनी अपनी this is uh, Itawa district, uh, village Nagla, Jailal. Um, Madhubani, Bihar. Mummy, Papa, Dadaji, all the uh, vaccines are sufficiently available, but the beds and oxygen are not Testing is not available in the Southern Hospital. There was a fate of messages that reported that there's an unusual rise in the number of deaths. People have said, you know, 15 people, 30, 40, up to 40 people died this month um, on the last few weeks in our uh, villages. And again, I mean, as uh, responsible media persons, we cannot attribute those deaths to COVID because uh, they were not tested or or established as such. In messages after message, there is a desperation. Who do they reach out to? How do they reach out to people? How do they take their patients? And I, I think this... Human cost. And, and this is linked to productivity. I mean, maybe the physical productivity will show a certain way. I'm I'm, I'm not an expert. My colleagues here are, are you know, far, far better you know, knowledgeable than that. But it, the way it has sapped the minds this time is definitely going to have an impact. Hunger, I mean, People are eating less. That is very, very well established as, as we gather from our feet on the ground, our community resource persons across uh, all states. People are eating less. At um, anganwadis have been shut uh, since last year. Imagine the um, extraordinary, I mean, astronomical impact of that on, on the long-term future of a child who does not get nutrition at this impressionable age. So I think a lot of the casualties of this disaster will never be caught on an Excel sheet.
0: That's actually true because, uh, you know, there's a there's a tracker created by a group of volunteers called uh, RuralIndia.help. Um, and they are trying to connect uh, initiatives in smaller towns and villages to people who want to either donate money or time. And some of the stories there make you understand that it's not just COVID relief. Everything else has been completely disrupted. People don't have the resources even to, you know, run the initiatives which have been going on for a very long time. Sponsors are not sending the money. They, uh, you know, the logistics is completely disrupted. So, yes, like you said, that these stories, uh, you know, are uh, are, are something that will uh, be very significant. And. Probably will not be captured in the numbers, but we need to kind of look at that as well. Ramki, you are optimistic uh, about uh, the road ahead, uh, but, uh, you know, given the environment and given even the numbers, I mean, sequentially, we have seen the growth rate has been slowing uh, in the last few months in the rural demand. Where are we headed from here? Is this likely to continue? I mean, you did say you're not as pessimistic, but what do you see going ahead?
2: So I am a very strong believer in uh, fundamentals, Rajita, which is uh, what, what are the factors that impact rural demand. All those factors are still strong. Yes, there is a very strong input which is negative and a very strong input which if uh, it can become unmanageable, uh, etc. But that said, rural India is really, really vast and very robust in terms of its ability to drive demand. And so from that perspective and the fact that the fundamentals are right for the country, I certainly believe that one doesn't have to be overly pessimistic about the pandemic's impact on consumption. I'm purely talking from a consumption economy. So uh, from that sense, I would say, still seem to think that the the growth projections, which we saw in the even the first quarter, uh, I, I don't think we will go far away from that or far too negative from there. So from that perspective, I believe the consumption, definitely the FMCG story is is one that is not to be too too bad, too adversely impacted. In rural India, across the
0: country, that's uh, giving me some comfort. But uh, Sunil, uh, to get your uh, final views on this, you know, till last year, experts were expecting that you know, re- rural economy will be driving India's recovery. What now? What can the government do? Especially given that they really don't have abundant resources, they are also operating uh, within very uh, constrained uh, resources right now. What's your take on it?
1: the uh, rural demand is not going to go away, you know, the way uh, probably uh, the urban uh, demand goes. And also, I mean, in the context of India, uh, it is often said that uh, India is not actually a demand constraint uh, economy, it is actually a supply constraint economy. But having said that, uh, you know, uh, I would also uh, like to, uh, you know, uh, say that Uh, you know, the kind of uh, devastation that we are witnessing with the second wave and the way it has uh, impacted uh, or going to impact the rural India will be uh, something which rural India may not have seen in many, many years. And that will have a lasting impact. The fact is that, uh, you know, the overall health infrastructure If in urban areas cannot cope up with the uh, second wave of pandemic, you can well imagine uh, what the situation would be in the rural areas. And in many cases, even if you die with the COVID, probably will never come to know that uh, this is what uh, has actually hit you. So there is a human angle and there is a economic angle. So I think uh, from an economic point of view, as I said in the beginning, uh, uh, two things will happen, you know. Even when we look at the number of the first quarter of this fiscal, and compare it with the first quarter of last fiscal, the number may still uh, appear to be good because last year first quarter was a washout because of the uh, you know lockdown. So, if you take all of these things into consideration, then I think uh, broadly uh, the you know the story is. Uh, if not pessimistic it is suddenly uh, very very disturbing and uh, it's unlikely uh, that uh, you know we will be able to uh, get back to uh, the pre covid level uh, story uh, anytime soon both in terms of output numbers as well as uh, in terms of uh, uh, life and livelihood uh, uh, numbers and uh, lastly uh, you know even when i'm saying that the likelihood is that India will grow at about 10% uh, in fiscal year 22, uh, it's, it's, more of a, you know, it's more of an optics. Because last year was so bad that on a YOY terms, you will see a 10% growth. But if you really uh, draw a trend line, then even, even with 10% growth, uh, our GDP will be almost 10.7% lower than the trend growth. Which simply means that had uh, COVID-19 not happened, where we would have been and where we would be now at the end of the fiscal year 22.
0: That makes sense. And uh, like you said, there is an economic angle, there is a human angle. Nilesh, you very interestingly highlighted some of the issues that people are facing from the human angle. Before we wrap up, you know, you are connected uh, with a lot of villages through your initiatives. What would be your top suggestions if I were to ask you for the government right now? I mean, what can they do in short term? And if there are any long term initiatives that they can uh, kind of uh, launch right now to help uh, rural India, what would you say on that?
3: I'm preparing um, on behalf of Gaon Connection a three-year plan for which we need support. And I hope that uh, the colleagues on this panel and uh, um, your uh, listeners and readers can support us. It's called Revive. I feel that uh, despite this entire catastrophic uh, situation that we are in, um, and despite the migration of uh, tens of millions of people, the one silver lining I see from where I am living in a village is that rural India never had more talent than it does now. There is a stereotype that has been uh, peddled uh, on mainstream media, since last year, which is that all the migrants returning are laborers. No, they are not. We have data for uh, about 2.3 million people. Uh, This data is from late last year uh, who returned to UP. Uh, By that time, uh, it shows that at least 30% are in either blue collar or white collar uh, professions. So you have accountants, you have gym assistants, you have beauticians, you know, and the kind. We are uh, creating this blueprint called Revive, which is a rural entrepreneurship blueprint. Can they come back with a work ethic? It's like when somebody comes back from the West, they come back with a certain work ethic and then they adapt themselves to build on uh, those strengths here. So when people are coming back from cities, they're coming back with that strength. And um, we feel that the government should collaborate with organizations like us, with minds like uh, my other two colleagues on this panel and just come, you know, on, on with a war footing to create new entrepreneurs, thousands of them. It could revive traditional crafts, uh, which are dying. Um, it could, uh, using social media, using the internet, it could offer new services, new products uh, with the right mentoring, with partnerships like industry bodies, And I think that if we can set in place, it will address, uh, not only create, uh, uh, you know, great rural income uh, and spur national growth, but also address a lot of the distress and the distress migration that um, happens and will certainly happen in a, because it does in a cyclical manner after this uh, pandemic eases
0: out. That's actually a very interesting initiative and wish you the best for that. Nilesh, Tuneel, Ramki, thank you very much for being with us today really interesting conversation and uh, you know a little bit of uh, despair but uh, a lot of hope too in uh, whatever you have said so uh, let's see how this pans out and we hope things get better thank you very much for joining us today
3: thank you thank you thank you very much
0: that's all from us today I'm Rachita Prasad and you have been listening to the morning brief this episode was edited by Bhavya Dilip Kumar and coordinated by Nehal Chaliyawala. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at the at TimesGroup.com. And if you liked this episode, please do share on your social media handles. The Morning Brief is every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.